GM GM. This is a five-minute crypto daily update for Thursday, 4:20, which is Dogecoin Day as well for those who still bag hold. Okay, so today's update is more packed than a Costco's parking lot on Sunday afternoon. We've got NFT marketplaces, Korea's comeback, Coinbase maybe leaving the U.S., and way too many great crypto Twitter threads. Let's do this like Buddhists. As of this recording, Bitcoin has fallen 4% to 28,900. ETH has fallen 7% to 1,950. Uh, not many winners right now. It's been a down day in the markets. What's going on in crypto land? Let's start with some NFT market share stats from The Drop, which is a great NFT newsletter. They shared an interesting graphic on trading volume for the last seven days. Blur is far and away number one at 71%. But remember that they're still incentivizing trading volume, so this won't last. And it's also one of the reasons why uh, punks and apes have been trading such high volumes. OpenSea was second at 17%. Gem was third at 7%. And then it's everyone else. And Gem is also owned by OpenSea. Is Korea making a comeback? There's a great article from Coindesk on the fallout after Do Kwan's arrest and the potential for Korea to reemerge. Just a few quotes from it. Koreans don't really think Koreans are capable of going global, said Lloyd Lee, founder and CEO of Hyperrhythm. There were two stars that actually broke that belief. One was BTS. The second was Do Kwan. Whenever the next bull market comes, retail traders will be back. I had friends asking me at 60,000 Bitcoin if they should sell their house to buy Bitcoin. This all or nothing mentality is not uncommon in Korea said Anthony Yoon, managing partner at ROK Capital. Is Coinbase leaving the U.S.? Coinbase just got an operating license for Bermuda, where it plans to launch an offshore exchange. It could come as early as next week, focused on perpetual swaps. This comes at the same time as Brian Armstrong at Fintech Week publicly stated that Coinbase could relocate outside the U.S. To quote, anything is on the table, including relocating or whatever is necessary. I think the U.S. has the potential to be an important market for crypto, but right now, we're not seeing that regulatory clarity that we need. I think in a number of years, if we don't see that regulatory clarity emerge in the U.S., we may have to consider investing more elsewhere in the world. And in case you've been living under a crypto rock, the SEC issued Coinbase a Wells notice last month, and Coinbase publicly stated they intend to fight it in the courts. Now on to crypto Twitter. Uh, I want to recommend first a Twitter account that my 2D Gens co-host shared with me. It's at Back the Bunny, spelled exactly how it sounds, Back the Bunny. And this writer just has a bunch of banger tweets, as well as a bunch of good blog posts over at the Rabbit X blog. Uh, just to quote some of the tweets, Out of game-theoretic necessity, warfare is more adaptive. Using militaries as a leading indicator, you can anticipate emergent business behaviors. War evolves more readily, motivated not by profit, but by survival. So military management leads, albeit imperfectly. On the AI and crypto duality, I liken to homeostasis. I think these technologies are evolutionary extensions of human cognition. They should be viewed similar to competing forces in a biological entity, which is just mind-blowing to me. The next one is a thread about Reddit and its NFT play from Sammy ETH, and all these links will be in the show notes. To pull out a few insights, 
Reddit has 1.7 billion monthly visitors. It's the 20th most visited site in the world. Reddit has onboarded 8 million people into NFTs through the Reddit avatars. And in comparison, OpenSea has added 2.6 million. And their latest drop, which is the Gen 3 avatars, sold out in seconds and crashed the site, which seems to be a, a very common occurrence in NFT drops. Okay, now we're on to recommended reads. I've got two for you, and then we'll wrap up. The first one is from investor and really active on Twitter, Hal Press. And he has an article on why he believes ETH is a better store of value than BTC. Shots fired, I know. Contrary to popular belief, proof of stake naturally promotes decentralization more than proof of work. Larger proof of work miners receive a clear benefit from economies of scale, which drive centralization. Scale is less relevant for proof of stake, as the cost of setting up a node is vastly lower. Furthermore, there is no real benefit in having access to large scale electricity providers, as the electricity required for proof of stake is 99% lower. Economies of scale are very important for proof of work, but not for proof of stake. And lastly, we've got a report from Decrypt on why Asia could be the dominant place for Web3 gaming. Two DGens, like on two DGens, my co host and I, we interviewed Luke and Steven as well from Press Start Capital. And what Luke had said was gaming is both the largest and fastest growing category. Um, and so, just to pull a few insights from this article, Asia already has 55% of the global gaming population with 1.7 billion players and will likely make up 80% of all Web3 gamers. I personally think it's quite interesting that、uh, gaming is so popular in Asia that countries like Korea and China actually have to legislate rules to limit the amount of games that mostly teenage boys are playing. Because it's becoming so addictive. And the last bit, there's some Web3 games coming from really big and well known publishers like Nexon's OG RPG game, Maple Story. It's coming to Web3. And Square Enix, the one that made Final Fantasy, is launching Symbiogenesis, which they're calling Narrative Unlocked NFT Entertainment. So that's it for today. I think it was about six minutes or so, six and a half minutes. All the links are in the show notes. You can follow at 2DGensPod on Twitter and subscribe for more. With the outro clip, I've got two takes from Balaji on Eric Torenberg's Upstream podcast. One is about how Balaji frames the woke movement versus tech, and the other is about Bitcoin maximalism. Wokes are focused on moral innovation, techs are focused on tech innovation. And in fact, both tech and woke are like two sinusoidal parallel movements that both arose like sort of. After World War II, you know, whether it's like desegregation for the wokes and the transistor, right? You can kind of see moments, you know, internet boots up and the 60s protests and then the microcomputer and PCs in the 80s. And is Bitcoin maximalism taking over the Republicans? Why do I think that happens? Because just like wokeism is like a network、yeah. that's above the Democrats and also somewhat contemptuous of them, it's like a ghost that inhabits the party. But Is really an independent thing. It's a network that stands outside the state. So, too, Bitcoin maximalism is like a network that stands outside the Republicans. It's like more radical and more principled, in a sense, than any mere elected or you know, official could be. Yeah. Okay.